everyone. Uh, welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm your other host, Brian Park. And uh, and we have a very special episode. Oh, our first ever we guest. We have our first guest. But before we introduce her, Young Me, how are you feeling? I am feeling very... <sighs> like out of touch with good? everything oh. well okay well okay no i do feel good right now because september just started we're probably gonna release this way later but but get to the, the get to the summer, bad part the bad part <laughs> the bad part is that okay so at the end of summer every year i get like i get depressed and i feel like not a lot of people talk about summer seasonal depression but especially in august because i feel like there's no set schedule it's like summer break you know, I have a son. He doesn't go to school. We just like our sleep schedules get messed up. My like work, it's just like very up in the air. It's a slow month for comedy. Yeah. And everything just sort of like slows down and it's just like a mess. And that sort of so like. So you're saying you're depressed because you have to spend so much time with your son. No, that's not what I said, Brian. <laughs> that's not what I said. Let the record show. Uh, <laughs> a little I'm bit, bad yes. for the pun. <laughs> um but you know then i have like all summer long where like i take like a vacation and then i party a lot and then i'm just drinking and then i don't even know what's happening and i'm like confused and i'm like lost kind of yeah and that sort of lostness like brings on this sort of seasonal depression that happens every august for me and um and then and then i get like very i feel like it's like maybe probably the worst depression i have in the year oh maybe like in the winter i have like one bout of it and then august i have another bout of it and then it, it, like every year and like then december and like then january clockwork. Yeah. And, then and also <laughs> and also <laughs> and then my birthday and christmas <laughs> thanksgiving easter I, it's just every every day guys um but um but then like clockwork september rolls around the weather starts getting cooler and then i snap out of it and oh. then i have like a schedule my son starts school. So it's and the then transitional that period that's kind of thrown you into y- a funk. Exactly. Like, uh, you know, it's like, it's just like, it feels like weird. Something weird about August just feels like never ending summer. And it just always happens every year. And so this year I was like, I really have to start planning for this because every year it happens. And I'm just like always caught off guard. Like, why am I surprised? <laughs> like that. <laughs> so I feel like next year I'm going to like remember and try to like, do something like for buy the month Molly of August. in June. Buy Molly in for June. August. Yes. And, um, or like maybe plan like a bigger trip. But I don't know. I had planned a trip in August and that made it worse. You know, <laughs> like I don't know. It just doesn't, I don't know. So I just have to like plan ahead next year was right. what I'm thinking. But, you know, we're recording this now early September and I feel great. Like I sort of snapped out of it. Right. So I am feeling better and hopeful now. Right. How are you feeling, Brian? Well, first I want to say thanks for showing up. Despite yeah, being it was hard. and I showered. No, oh, I showered. That's yeah. A lot for I me. I noticed that you're particularly pleasant despite <laughs> feeling depressed. Oh, really? I was I was thinking you were saying that I'm stinky. I'm usually very stinky, and today I'm like okay, right? Manageable. You're okay. You're not gagging. <laughs> like Did you just say you're not gay? No, I said you're not gagging. <laughs> wow, Brian. Wow. Know. Okay. What know. What are you hearing? We'll say what? What? <laughs> Freudian slip? What? Um. How am I feeling? I am feeling. <laughs> I'm I'm feeling good and bad. So the good part is I had a meeting this morning. Trains were delayed, and normally in those situations I freak the fuck out. Yeah. And I spiral and I get super stressed out and super anxious and then I start 
uh, braiding myself, just being like, why didn't I fucking leave earlier? Why am I so stupid? This is a, s- <laughs> I, I, yeah, you're laughing. It's not funny. <laughs> but why am I, la- I'm sorry. It is funny. <laughs> I just do the same thing, but I'm not laughing. Uh, right. I'm doing that to yourself. But, um, this time I was able to recognize that train delays out of my control and sometimes they happen and I just accepted I was going to be late to the meeting and it turned out to be okay. But I'm, I'm just proud of myself that I was able to stop, um, like the toxic thought patterns that sort of send me spiraling. Yeah. That's and a big deal. Yeah. To stop yourself from doing that. Yeah. So I feel good about myself for that, but then I feel bad because yesterday my parents were on a road trip mm-hmm. and my dad's driving, my mom's in the passenger side and I'm very, um, it's just been conditioned into me, strict Asian parents. I'm like, I always call them before big trips. I'm like, Hey, how are you doing? There's no feeling behind it. I don't know. Right. I th- I wasn't even given an opportunity to like want to feel like I want to call them. It's more like, oh, I better call them or else I'm going to get in big fucking trouble. So I just call them like, hey, how are you doing? I hope you have a good trip. So they were driving and I called my mom. And I'm like, hey, how's the drive going? I know it's really hard. And my mom's like, yeah, it's fine. Your dad's driving. I'm just in the passenger seat. We're like an hour away from home. And then like three hours later, I got a phone call from my dad uh-huh. and my dad chewed me the fuck out because he was like, what am I to you? Do you see me as your dad? Do you care about me? Whoa. He was I upset. Could, he, he was so upset because he was like, you called mom, but you didn't call me. Wow. And they were in the same fucking car. My mom put me on speakerphone. Petty legend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next time I go home, I'm just going to. Tom <laughs> Petty and the Heartbreakers over here. I'm just going to see my dad and be like, what's up, Petty legend? <laughs> No, but I I don't know. I just felt really oh, bad. Oh, wait, but they were on speakerphone, so he could have said something and he but just he didn't. didn't. <laughs> he was just like stewing. He could have asked my mom, like, oh, can you, can you, can I, I want to, is that Brian? I want to talk to him. Yeah. But he had a lot of valid concerns and points because I, it didn't cross my mind that I should have asked how my dad was doing because it is a really hard drive and he's getting older and, you know, it's not easy on him. Yeah. And I felt bad and like, my when my dad expressed his frustration and disappointment in me in that moment i understood and acknowledged that Mm -hmm. but the way in which he communicated that left me feeling very bad about myself right yeah because he was like you're a disappointment i don't care if you obtain career success none of that matters fundamentally as a human being you're a bad person what he said that yeah wow why is he getting so deep with it uh, yeah, i don't know because asian parents just know how to hurt you that's so, so much. mean uh, yeah like it's fine he, like if he you made effect, a mistake he, he but undid like, like this seven months of therapy that i've been going through <laughs> <laughs> You're like thanks dad that's another thousand three thousand dollars out the window oh the only i, I was oh i don't well, i don't know how I don't, much your therapist is i don't know i don't know is it ten thousand i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> wait I don't know. you don't want to say <laughs> I don't how know. seven <laughs> months of therapy no how much would it be yeah, like three, four thousand, three thousand. I don't know. Wait, wait I mean, I my know. math is very bad. Ten thousand. What? Okay. Anyways, but that's how I feel, though. Ryan's just trying to say that he pays a lot for therapy, uh, more no, than I'm you. Not. Just no, kidding. I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. Well, so okay, so yeah, that seems like a small. I, I can see why your dad's upset. Right. But it seems like a small mistake. Like, hey, you know, it hurt my feelings because you didn't say anything to yeah. me. Like that should be the end of it. Not you're a bad person and you're not going to get anywhere in life. 
exactly no one gives a shit about your stupid podcast <laughs> brian like sorry oh, one day once <laughs> i like how you're shitting on our podcast as we're recording <laughs> is that what he said i'm just that's kidding n- uh, he d- no he doesn't, he doesn't know even know that i'm doing this okay good yeah. keep it that if way. he knew that i was doing this he would have said like you're a bad person Yikes. and you're not human <laughs> because you you're a fucking loser can i just say do you think that's just like you know just the little that i know about your dad do you think has something to do with the fact that he's probably not expressing his emotions in other areas it's all pent up so then when he does get angry it's just like explosive yeah it's very explosive going on it's explosive because he he lets it just stew inside of him right but all of it comes from just disappointment like the disappointment is a result of just having too many too many like expectations on how people should conduct themselves and how people should behave right but I don't know. I think I'm in a better place now, mentally. Like, yeah, that hurt my feelings, but he's my dad, and he's not going to change. And I just have to. Normally, I would argue with him. Yeah. But instead, I'm like, okay, like you're you just right, let it pass. and then just cry for five hours. Aww. <laughs> I'm like, does I'm he ever apologize after he does something like that? We've talked about this. No. No, I know. No, I know. Apologize. I know that. I know that. But I'm just for some reason I asked that. Yeah, I know you've said that to me before. Yeah. So he would never apologize. What if you asked for an apology? What if you called him next time and he's like all mellow? Uh, you know, you, you, you notice how I got really quiet <laughs> because that just, was that fear. No, it's just like I didn't even think that was a possibility. Like next time you call him and he's calm. Just be like, hey, dad, last time you said these things to me and I understand you're upset, but I feel like you took it a little too far. Young me, you're being so you wouldn't say that to your dad. Right, unreasonable right now. <laughs> because I'm being reasonable. You're I'm being, being unreasonable. unreasonable right now. <laughs> you, you just wouldn't you would never say that. Would, have you ever thought of saying something like that to your dad or no? No, because anytime work. I he anytime I, like any previous ev- attempts that I've made to do something like that he sees it uh he views it as talking back he then he would get more mad he gets even more upset yeah, that's like my mom too yeah he's like my, why yeah. don't you like this is what i'm talking about like just accept that i'm right like mm. why are you such a bad son and always talking back and then it'll just be more of the same sort of abusive right so why why even bother uh, again yeah. i feel weird that you're called you're labeling it as abusive it's abusive. No, but I mean, it's, it's abusive my dad. because it's, uh, no. it is technically <laughs> abusive, but it's okay if you don't Young want me it. Young me has opened up a Merriam-Webster dictionary. He's like, <laughs> in here, see, abusive example. My Asian father is abusive well, to it's me. It's verbally abusive. <laughs> <laughs> example, it's just a picture of Brian and his dad. <laughs> I told you. I told you, Brian. All right. Well, All right, let's move on. You know, I think we've got our feelings out of the way. So, you know what? I think it's time to introduce our guest. She has been a dear, well, has been. She is a dear friend of mine. (laughs) She's a multi-hyphenate in every sense of the word. She's an actor, writer, architect, Ivy League grad, and she's the star of the new... You had to throw Ivy League in This is an Asian podcast. (laughs) But most importantly... No, no, but most excitingly, uh, she is a star of Swipe Night on Tinder, Guys, give a warm welcome to Angela Carbone. Yay. Woo! Thank you. Hi. 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 Angela. Hi. Hi. You <laughs> seem skittish right now. No, I just thought I had to be quiet that entire time. <laughs> oh, no, I felt bad. You could, yeah. I saw you laugh. Oh, I could interject? You could interject. You can do whatever oh, okay. you want. Because I was going to say, like, my father is the same exact way. 
Your dad? Yeah, especially with the speakerphone thing. He's not Asian. But <laughs> 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 Young me, is that abusive if it's a non-Asian? If it's a white person doing it? <laughs> actually, you know, I've <laughs> talked to my therapist about this behavior with my father as well. And she was like, did it ever occur to you that this is abusive? And she did oh, use that word. Oh, snap. And I was See, like, Brian? Hmm, I never thought of it that way because I thought he's my father and he right. just does these things, you know? Yeah. Right, He's just right. sensitive. Sensitive. Right. But, well, it's just that, like, I, I think abuse, you know, I don't know the te- I don't know the technical term, but it's like if they're, you know, it's just a lot of uh, displaced emotions yeah. getting mm-hmm. funneled into the wrong person. I mean, that's, I feel like, the cause of all The a wrong of person, it. a.k.a. Brian, your their son. Their children, their own <laughs> children. <laughs> you know, it's like he'll be on the phone. I'll call my parents and they put it on speakerphone at the dinner table or in the car, whatever it is. I'll call my mom usually because she's more receptive to things. Yeah. She'll be like, oh, hi, how are you? What are you up to? And I'll tell her something I'm doing. She's like, oh, that's great. And in the background, muffled, you'll hear my, hear my father say, don't do that. That's a stupid idea. <laughs> just like in the back of the room. <laughs> Like, he's, like, not on the call, and he's just in the room, but he's still listening to interject his, like, mean comment. Oh, my God. Oh God. From, like, the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> very it's very strange like your da- dynamic. It's, it's, like, a terrible superpower. Your dad could be anywhere in the country, <laughs> and it's, like, a sixth sense for when Angela's about to do something risky, and then out of nowhere, he's, like, He's, like, I don't think so. He's, like, I don't think so. But Angela, let's. We're since you're our first guest, we're really excited to have you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And to stay on theme with the podcast, Young Me and I are wondering how are you feeling? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling um, very uh, like everything is sort of pushed down. Mm. Um, I've I've done a lot of good work recently. I have a lot of projects coming out. But I'm getting this feeling like I can't be excited for them. Do you know mm, what I mean? Why? I just like feel you like don't undeserving, or it's like imposter syndrome. Um. Well, a little bit of that always. I feel like that's something that, uh, especially like women, have to deal with a lot. But I think it's more like I'm just afraid it's all gonna get, it's all gonna blow up somehow. Mm. And oh. you know, I don't want to anticipate too much before it actually happens, and it's a good thing. I'm totally the same way. Yeah. Like, even if I've I'm confirmed for a project that I should be excited about, right? All of my friends are like that's so sick, that's amazing, and I'm like, no, no, like let's just wait until it's come out. But even after it's come out, I'm like, let's just wait until I don't I don't <laughs> <Exactly>. know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm waiting. I'm still waiting. I haven't felt any excitement for anything that I've done. I know. It's just like you put in so much work right. to get certain things and you put in so much effort and you're trying all the time and then it happens and you're like, okay, great. Well, I know that this could still blow up at any moment. Mm. So oh. I'm waiting until it, it goes to, you know, goes to air or something like that. Right. And then yeah. it airs and people are like, wow, this is amazing i'm like i'm just waiting until they pull it or something like that right. you know like the next thing that could possibly happen maybe i just worry too much is and that just and that gets in the way of you like enjoying when good things happen to you yeah yeah i mean i've had to talk to a lot of people about this show that i'm doing and it's like when i don't seem super excited about it they're like hmm huh. <laughs> they're like why are you excited you should be excited yeah. And I'm like, well, I am excited. I'm just not like, oh my God, I'm so excited about the show, you right. know? Yeah. Can but I, then it's yeah. perceived in a bad way. Yeah. Then they're like, they're reading something into it like, oh, is it 
I guess you don't really care. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have to say my experience with that as like an Asian woman is that when I was growing up, my mom especially was like competitive with me. And so if anything good happened to me where I was happy about something, she would like get jealous and be like, oh, yeah, well, that's whatever. And then and so I would have this like negative like reinforcement for my mom of right. being like too show offy like i was I like see. showing off or something like that yeah yeah so it's then, about like uh poise or like yeah um class or you like know having proper. some class about certain yeah so exactly. then like when i was something good happened i would hide it and i wouldn't like show my mom because i didn't want her to come in and like attack me right and so it was like and then she's probably like why don't you tell me things anymore yeah <laughs> but then yeah and then like she would make fun of me and stuff yeah, exactly. Then right. she'd be like, why don't you like tell me something good happened? So now and I like... And then Angela's dad's like, that's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just some place. For some reason, he's at my house now. Like, that's not a good idea. <laughs> I don't like that. That's not good. <laughs> you know, I, I was watching... Um, this just made me think of... Um, a scene that I saw in the Joy Luck Club. I was watching this on the plane um, back from Mexico. And I, I saw this this movie on there and I thought oh I could watch this because I'm always writing new stuff and I'm currently working on a script about my my mother as a child and her her relationship with her identity growing up and um in the middle of the film there's a scene where this one mother who's always bragging about her daughter who's like a chess champion and all this other stuff so Waverly Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the character is Waverly. It's Waverly and her mom and they're in the hair salon. And so Waverly was never she felt like she could never live up to her mother's expectations and no matter how well she did, her mother was like, you know, not impressed or there was a one moment where she gives up chess because she's a chess champion and her mom is always bragging about her and and feels she feels like, you know, if you want to brag, you should just like brag about yourself. Why are you using me? Mm-hmm. And so then she stops playing chess and her mom doesn't give a shit like just ignores her Mm -hmm. for months and months and then she picks up chess and her mom is like you think it's going to be easy and that she can never play chess again Mm -hmm. and they have this heartfelt moment in the in the hair salon where Waverly's like I was always trying to please you mom but nothing was ever good enough and you know I've always felt like this my whole life I've been chasing after you and the mom just looks at her and she's like now i'm happy and then they just both laugh and i was like i've experienced this and this is not funny (laughs) i was like this is traumatic and i'm shutting this off (laughs) what the oh my god it's been so long since i saw that movie but what is that about the mom just wanted to break her daughter down i haven't even seen seen the movie it was just like the the acknowledgement that like Uh. this is a toxic relationship and it's just like funny to them i guess i have no idea this is what i wanted right they're like this is what we've wasted our entire lives doing (laughs) it's a good bit yeah (laughs) that's funny mom funny yeah yep so you were in mexico i assume shooting this tinder show yeah the show oh wait can i ask so it's on tinder yes what does that mean so it lives in the tinder app um it's just completely original content that tinder designed um specifically to get people to connect with each other so um the way the show works is it makes you horny therefore wants you to swipe more (laughs) (laughs) well i don't know about that it depends on you know what you're into but um it does take advantage of the swiping 
uh, phenomenon that is so addictive about Tinder. Right. And so what you're doing throughout the show is you're watching and you're engaged because it's shot in first person. So you oh. are the fourth character. So you're following three of your best friends um, to this party where you think you're going to watch a comet, but it turns out that the comet is headed towards Earth. Oh. And it's the end of the world, and so, so it's every like swipe, yes, oh, every sick. swipe is a choice, Ooh. and every choice that you make changes the narrative. Oh, oh my that's gosh! So interesting. Yeah, wow. it's really Whoa. cool. Sorry. And so, like, how many minutes like pass between each swipe choice? Okay, so this is where is it gets tough technical? because yeah. you only get seven seconds to choose. Mm. Oh, and if you don't choose, the choice is made for you. Okay. And you can't go back. You can't play again. What? What? You only get to play you only get to play each episode once. This is I'm stressed right so, now. So yeah, exactly. It's like it's really high you have stakes. To be, like, engaged. So yeah, each each interaction you can only do once. And the show will air every Sunday, I believe, at, from six PM to midnight. And then it disappears oh ah. well so if i really play like tune in yeah, yeah so if i play i'm going to play in a way where as you as the asian woman i'm going to make sure you survive at all costs <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> you know you have to you have to support diversity diversity matters yeah. exactly you know? support yeah. each other that's what we're here for yeah wait so you were the lead yeah, yeah, I'm one of three, so it's oh, okay. like an ensemble ensemble cast. But nice. I'm basically there the whole time. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty That's cool. So awesome. Yeah, that sounds so fun. Is this the first time they're doing a show like this on Tinder? Yes, this is the first one. I don't know if there will be others, but I'm sure that it will be exciting, and they'll want to do more. Right. Yeah. Mm. Are you on Tinder? I was on Tinder. But you're now you're gonna have to get back on it to view. Yeah. Make sure you survive. Yeah, I think show. I think actually we're gonna have profiles on Tinder. What? From Ooh. this, like as our wow. characters, which oh. is interesting. Oh, yeah, okay. it's interesting. Yeah, I wonder if I'll do any interacting on the profile. Oh, you'll get to access it and like use it as a real account. I huh. think maybe. It's like, That's hey, thanks for saving me from that comet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to get a drink? <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what it's about. Yeah. Uh. So we've known each other for a few years now. But yeah. I know I've always known you as an actor and right. writer. Yeah. But before that, you were an architect, right? Yes. I went to architecture school. Well, architect is tricky because you have to have a stamp. I don't have a stamp. Right. Okay. So architectural designer, I would say, because you can get in trouble. If you say you're an architect and you don't have a stamp. Yeah, and we have a lot of listeners, so yeah. good thing and, you made that and nobody, clarification. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't want to get in trouble with uh, the board, you know. <laughs> yeah. Architectural mm. designer. Yeah. So, like, tell me, like, how, what was that journey from, I mean, obviously you're very, like, creatively minded. Because right. I think of architecture as, you know, a function of, not function, but it's a fusion between function and creative design. design. Yeah. But yeah, like what made it like, how, what was your journey? The jump to into acting? acting? Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I've always, I mean, I've always wanted to act from a young age or do something artistic. Um, but again, like you're, you're, my, my desires were always tempered by what my parents wanted me to do as a, as a good Asian, half Asian mm. <laughs> child. Yeah. But did your white dad impose those asian values on you in your upbringing um a little bit i mean i feel like my mom was always the one giving orders 
And Ooh. so he was kind of like, you know, standing behind her with his arms on his hips. Like his <laughs> so, so um, <laughs> she led the charge, you so know. So he's like a Pokemon trainer. Yeah, <laughs> kind <laughs> of. Like, exactly. Beautiful wife. <laughs> scold, Angela. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, talk back. Doesn't, has no effect. Or um, yeah. So... I feel like I got into design because I thought it was a good compromise. Yeah. Um, both my parents are in like finance-based occupations, so it's very grounded and very uh, methodical and practical. Yeah. And I wanted to do something artistic, and they were like, no. Right. Mm. They were like, we don't think so. So what kind of careers did they push you towards? Well, I think that they they just wanted me to do something more practical than than being an artist or being um, an actor or something yeah. like that. So they pushed me towards whatever I was going to gravitate to within reason. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I right. think that I sort of fell upon architecture as like a way to appease them and mm-hmm. appease my interests as right. well. So I thought that was a good crossover, especially because a lot of my family is in construction. And so I've always had an affinity towards like making things and working with my hands and um, drawing and, and things like that. So yeah. I thought it was a good compromise. But then when you were doing it, you found yourself like unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like right after the first year of school, I was like, I can't do this. Mm. Mm. Okay. I had like a mental breakdown after your first year of school. Yeah. But you still graduated with the architecture I still degree. graduated. Wow. I still pushed through. Damn, like so how did you Asian. go through the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thank yeah. you. I'm glad somebody's <laughs> like seeing that. Thank you. <laughs> Um, How yeah. did you deal with the uh, like the fact that you're so un- unhappy but continuing school? Did you take like acting classes too? On the yeah, side yeah. So, uh, well, basically, I brought it up. I brought it up to my parents. Uh-huh. I remember having that phone call. I was having like a mental breakdown. And then your dad was like, "That's I a was- bad idea." Yeah, just in the background. <laughs> I was like, I was hiding under my desk. Oh. I think I had not come out for like two days. Oh. Because you were so scared? Because I was depressed. I was oh. just like rot, you know? And I called my parents and I oh said, my God. I don't think I can do this anymore. I'm very, I'm not happy. And my mom was like, you don't have to be happy. You just have to finish. Oh I was my like, God. Uh. <laughs> Asian mom coming in for the kill. <laughs> Eventually, they started to understand, though, and I think um, I had I realized quickly that I had to bridge off and like I had to veer off and just like make my own path for yeah. myself. And so, I asked um, my aunt to connect me with somebody who has a theater company that's a family friend of hers, and he we had a sit down and he gave me some advice, and some of it was good, some of it was bad. Um, but it it made me realize that I had to start making moves towards acting in a more serious way. So I announced my minor like very shortly after that. And I, I took theater classes, um, at Cornell, which is where I went to school. Yeah. Um, and so that that. like made you feel better. Yeah. Cornell flex. Uh, Flex. Go big red, go big red. (laughs) I'm obligated to say that. Um, (laughs) so that like made you feel like better about yeah like definitely you're like it was like having church right right you know yeah, and yeah it was it was not easy mm. because it must like i'm surprised that you took action so swiftly even after 
hearing your parents' disapproval? Like, I was lost. Yeah. I just like had to do something, you know? Yeah. Okay. It was it was bad. Mm-hmm. I was in really bad shape. I cut off all my hair. I was like wearing other people's clothes. And I remember right. my parents saw me, they're like, what's with the look? You know, like <laughs> it was like it was like clear that I had like fallen off the deep end. Oh, I see. So and the red I, cowboy boots you're wearing now are come from a good place. Yes, this comes from a good place. This is my <laughs> this is my final form. So <laughs> I made it. Um no, but I just I knew that I had to make a decision that would change things for me. I yeah. had to I had to secure that for myself. Right. So after you graduated, did you jump straight into acting or were you kind of juggling like doing the same thing that you were in college where you were working like an architecture job or Well, I've always I've always had like side gigs or day jobs or whatever that is to support myself and sustain myself in a certain way. So mm-hmm. I I was working for a company that does site surveying, mm-hmm. um but I was I was doing acting full-time and auditioning oh, okay. full-time oh yeah, that's awesome. so yeah. just like straight after college you yeah were just, just straight straight ahead it. and i think after i paved out after i carved out a place for myself within the industry and like for my career and stuff just like building blocks i think my parents quickly realized like how important it was to me and so they were completely supportive of of what i chose to do i mean i guess were they support like did you have did you achieve something that made them supportive or was it just observing your passion for acting is what activated their support for your new career path i think it was how much i was booking things right um which is all right which is like which is like no i mean it was it was i don't think that i i am like a booking machine or something like that but it was just the fact that i had no help Mm-hmm. Yeah. from them and I had you know I had their support but there was no way that they could be like oh here you should meet these people or you should do this and that because they're completely outside the industry and I went ahead and I I met with agents I got agents by myself you know I, I made my own website and stuff and I did all this all these things to start out and then suddenly like through the agent I was booking jobs I was booking jobs on my own like I had a film that I did in Rome while I was in school right um and so I think like seeing all those things they were like okay you can you can do this and you know if this is what you want to do then you should do it right so touching on what you said earlier like even when you were booking all of these jobs and like even booking that film in Rome while you were in college were you able to enjoy any of that or was it still the same feeling that you have now where you're like, I don't know, this could end at any moment? I think then it was more enjoyable because I didn't know as much about the process. Mm. Mm. It was so new. Yeah, it like, was I'm so new. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I think once you're fully in it and you know about it as like how it functions as a business, mm. then you're like, okay. I know there are so many like roadblocks ahead of me, you know, like when, when I was in Rome, I was, I was sitting in the train station and the directors came up to me and they said, Oh, blah, blah, blah. They were talking to me in Italian. And at the time my Italian wasn't that great. And I, I was like, uh, I don't know who these people are. I'm like, I'm going to get murdered. Like these people huh. are coming up to me in the train station because that's where the most people get robbed and stuff. So I thought yeah. that it was some sort of ploy. And they were like, oh, you, this look, you have something, come to our office, audition. And I was like, oh, okay. they, they didn't know you were an actor. No, they, just, they didn't know. Ooh. This is like straight out of a movie. Yeah, it was it was a very uh, crazy experience. And then I went and I, I was in the car with them shooting in the countryside for like a month. It was very strange. 
That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything to say that's other than that's exciting. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, it's like a movie. Yes, they were shooting a movie, Brian. That's exactly what <laughs> no, it was. No. I know, yeah, it was, no, it was very indie. But you know, like those yeah, New York yeah. models that are like, I was just like rummaging through the garbage and then I got <laughs> discovered. <laughs> you know I was mean? rummaging barefoot through the garbage and now look at me. Yeah. Like Want so you both. had a, you had the Italian version of that. That's amazing. Kind of, yeah. I was just scared I was going to get robbed in a train station and these two men put me in a feature film. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you put it that That's way. Like yeah. the best case scenario. I was barefoot rummaging through the <laughs> garbage. <laughs> Italian the garbage. Uh, listeners, if that's the key to success is just be barefoot and rummage through the <laughs> no, garbage. No, the key to success is uh, just go with strangers when they come up to you in the train <laughs> station. So if you're in Rome, just follow them to the Italian countryside. No questions. <laughs> Get in their car right away. And then you will have an acting job. Yeah, that's they, what they told me when they approached me, they said, there's nothing in our suitcases. And I was like, oh, God, I'm going in there. I was like, that's where I'm going to end up. We need you to be filling for our suitcases. You look like you could fit in there. And that's why we came up to you. Oh, my God. <laughs> you look perfect. Yes. No, like they, turned, they, they turned out to be the nicest, sweetest guys. They were so funny. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. when you're picking projects, are you are there certain stories that you're drawn to as an actor or... I mean, I don't know. Like, what's your selection process? Um, I just, I look at the writing and I look at um, who's attached to it. And, like, wh I try to just get a feel for it. I try to get the shape of it before mm -hmm. um, I fully engage with it. But luckily, like, um, whether it, it comes to me, like, by myself or um, whether it comes to me through, like, uh, my reps or something like that, if I... I think my reps have a very good idea of like what I'm good for and what I would like to do, which right. is very lucky. Yeah. Mm. Um, but mostly I just look at the writing and I look at if there's a treatment or something like that. I look at that. So right. what kind of projects like do you, I guess, like what, how would you describe yourself? Like what are you, like films that you watch? Like what's something, like what would be your dream film or like a dream director that you'd want to work with? Oh, I mean, I would love to work with somebody like Andrea Arnold. That would be really cool. I'm like, I'm so into the whole like indie, like drama. Art yeah, art yeah. house. Like I want to be an A24 darling. I want to be on their list of like merch, like people they send merch to, please. Yes. Like <laughs> just dress me. Do you hear me, A24? Just send me candles and grandma calendars and like everything else. Well, you're in luck send because me A24 the listens to this podcast. Oh, okay, good. Um, A24. Perfect. Hi, yeah. guys. Hi, uh, Angela person. wants to be the <laughs> half Asian female Timothy Chalamet. Can Thank I also have the merch? You don't yeah. have to hire me. I just want the merch. <laughs> <laughs> I want candles too. So are there, I'm sure earlier on in your acting process, there you were presented with projects where you were like, this is fuck no, I'm not doing this. Yeah, like, but you can't, you can't think about it like that. You have to be able to like elevate the material. You can't put it down because it reads right away. I remember, okay. I remember I had a class um, with the infamous acting coach, Chad Slaberski. Okay. And we had to bring in parts that we thought that we were wrong for. Okay. Mm. And so I brought in um, a woman who was getting married, a bridezilla. Mm. and she's uh, about to walk down the aisle on her wedding day, and she's talking to the wedding planner, and she wants to come down the aisle as Maria the Nun from The Sound of Maria Music. I thought Maria for some reason. <laughs> I'm, like, not tapped in at all right almost, now. <laughs> almost, almost. <laughs> um, 
And so she comes down the aisle like in a nun's costume and then like becomes the bride or something. I think that that follows the the storyline a little bit of The Sound of Music. And so I came to the class with a garbage bag because I didn't have like a black cloak and I just wanted to have like the nun look. So I just draped a black garbage bag over my head and I started singing, how do you solve a problem like Maria? And I did the sides. Mm -hmm. I did the scene and... I thought it would be such a shit show when I brought that in. Yeah. And then Ted was like, this would be good. Uh, This is really good, but you have so much contempt (laughs) for this material. (laughs) And you have to make a choice at some point. Do you want to be in a dumpster cutting yourself all the time with these roles? Or do you want to act? Mm. And I was like, "Mm, yeah, I don't want to be in that dumpster all the time. Mm. But so maybe you, you might get discovered if you're in that dumpster. Yeah, I might. And you honestly, might get discovered as the nun getting married, though, too. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the point of the exercise, right? But honestly, I feel like I do get a lot of the dumpster roles anyway, like <laughs> like that because that's just the way I appear to people, which is something that I can't help. You right. do have that like indie cool girl look. Yeah, I, like I can't see you getting Thank past you. that as a bridezilla. Like I just want to get married, you know. Like I'm just looking. I'm just like thinking Cameron Diaz, right? Right. My best friend. Was yeah. Funny. Best movie ever, by the way. I just rewatched it. I was like, oh, it holds up. <laughs> it holds up. But just right. a plug for some Cameron Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you do have a very strong vibe about you because most of the cool auditions that I, yeah, cool girl vibe because uh, it's like a spray gun with auditions that I get asked for. It's really? Like, what do you get asked for? Just anything. Give us and examples. Everything like one time I auditioned for uh, Nick Cannon's Wild and Out. Ooh. So I had to prepare huh. like rap bars. Wow, mm. Brian! I can't imagine. Can you, you give us a sample? This stage. Uh, give us a sample. Yeah, it was like years ago. But I think what I wrote was like, oh, performance. No, no, I can't remember, and I'm so frustrated now. It's like freestyle. It would be like, yo, yo, Nick Cannon, your flow is so whack. It's so no. no I'll be like, yo, Nick Cannon, your flow is so whack. Listening to it just wants to give me a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! That <laughs> 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 just made me so uncomfortable. Young me just recoiled inside herself. <laughs> oh, that was good. I liked I it. I did that. So, and there were like five producers there, and they just heard me do one bar, like one whole rap. I don't know what it's called. Stanza. I don't even know. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> and I want to like, see you do it though. And they're like, give it to us. Like, they act didn't, like they didn't even let the... me do the rest because they oh. were, they saw one and they're like, we're good, yo. They're <laughs> like, like, thank you enough. for coming in. That was so great. Bye. Exactly. That's <laughs> so amazing. I do that, or I wouldn't. I wouldn't I've, even. I've got asked to do like to for like a. It's like a type A like leading man like James Bond style sort of thing. But I, kinda see I that. can't see that. I'm well, too like know, thin and like no, but like no. Henry Golding is doing uh like the Ninja James Bond film now or right. whatever it is or I forget what it was GI Joe or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, he's doing that. You know, like, mm. yeah, and that's why Henry Golding's doing it and not me. Oh no, I don't know. I feel like you could oh, do it. No, do you have? I feel uh, like you could do that. Do you know. have a desire to to jump on that hopper? Hoppa wave. The Hoppa wave. Yeah. I'm not a. What do you mean the Hoppa wave? Like I have no choice. I'm full Asian. Oh, you isn't know what? he? Isn't he Hoppa? He's Hoppa, but he, he reads as very Asian. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, I think casting Hoppas sh- and passing them as full Asian we, is. Well, but yeah. Um, 
I, well, I like, wanted to ask, like, so, like you said, uh, you treat acting as very much, um, like, that's the art of acting is being able to elevate roles that you might not agree with. Yeah. And, like, bringing it to emotional life. But for as long as I've known you, you've always written a lot of projects. Like, you're very uh, independent in that way. Like, yeah. earlier on in your career, you just jumped headfirst and found agents and, you know, got yourself cast and got yourself booked. So when it comes to stories that you write or, like, screenplays, um, do you think you there's a theme around a lot of the shows or a lot in your writing? Because that is something you have control over. Yeah, of course. I mean, every... I... I write all sorts of genres and I write, I have a lot of different kinds of scripts, but I think the thing that unifies them is, um, is perspective and authenticity. I'm always trying to, and it always starts out where I'm like, I should write something for myself, you know, like, or I should write something that would be a good exercise for me. And then I end up writing it. It gets a life of its own. And I'm like, wow, you know who needs this? Or, you know, who should direct this? Or, you know, who should star in this is this person or this thing or Mm -hmm. whatever. And it becomes about like the community or like some issue that is happening in the world that I'm like, wow, this is applicable to this. And it needs it, it. It has outgrown me and it's bigger than that now. Yeah. So it becomes like shedding light on, on certain cultural phenomenons or, um, or helping people in some way is like where my writing evolves into. I see. My all my work tends to have like a magical realism element to it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's very cool. But I feel like it's so hard to approach heartfelt topics and so I think a lot of the times I I temper that with like comedy or like use comedy to tease that out or right. I use fantasy to tease that out and make it more relatable and more uh uh more resonant yeah yeah so what is your what is your personal relationship with being half white and half asian i mean i know that's a really broad question yeah because you're talking about like your art how it affects your art but like in your life yeah what are the like no of course i mean especially as an actor people are always asking me like Mm. what my ethnicity is Mm -hmm. and that's such a tricky topic because i've also lived in italy which is like my father is of italian descent and Mm -hmm. i've lived there for a while and i can't tell people i'm italian there Mm. because i'm american you Mm. know even though i have like i've I've grown up in and mostly because my my mother doesn't have any family here Mm apart from a stepbrother, like I've never really interacted with my Chinese side of the family. And oh. so a lot of my cultural upbringing is Italian American. Right. Oh. And so when I went to Italy and I was like, I celebrate this too. I do this too. And blah, blah, blah. They were like, no, you're American. Yeah. Wait, is your oh. dad Italian from Italy or he's Italian American? He's Italian American. Right, um, right. His, his grandparents are Italian. Right, right from italy oh um and and i have um uncles from italy and things like that so it's not i have relatives there it's not like so far removed yeah um and we celebrate all the holidays and i speak the language so it's just like it's just kind of funny that people will people can deny you of something that you feel so strongly about and the it's like the the back to the more the point is like when i'm here I feel like very connected to my mother's side of the family and like my Chinese side of the family, but people don't see that. And they're always trying to put like a label on me, which is something else. Mm. Um, like, especially when I go out to audition, they're like, Oh, you're Latina. 
Right. Because oh. that's how you read. Yeah, right. exactly. So would you say that culturally you're most attached to the Italian part of your, like... Yeah, I think so. Um, I feel a lot of guilt mm. about not being so connected to the Chinese side because oh. from a young age, my grandparents who were from China... And my mother is was born in Hong Kong. Mm. Um, they never spoke Chinese to me. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that they wanted me to learn Chinese. They wanted me to be American, mm -hmm. mm. Um, which I think is like a common phenomenon with immigrant. Right. That was with my parents too. Like they, yeah. My, if I watched like Korean, like K-pop music videos when I was younger, my mom would kind of scold me right mm. like why are you watching this like you're in america so mm. you should mm. be american yeah yeah but it's like an asian american thing yeah but the irony of it is then they sent me to korea when i was 12 to live there for a year because they felt i was too like, too american no yeah, exactly go back, go back. Like, let's dial this back let's get you <laughs> back in touch he's smoking weed what's going on here <laughs> exactly <laughs> what are those jordans no <laughs> right and so my parents are yeah. just their minds are blown by the global phenomena of K-pop and just mm. how influential it has become. Right. Because for Everybody a very knows, long time. like, Honestly, BTS Honestly, I now. did not, right. did not ever expect it. Because when I was growing up, I feel like there, there were lots of white people that were into Japan. Like, mm -hmm. that was a thing, remember? And I was like, wow, this is at least, you know, I was like, no one's ever going to know about Korea or what it is. Right. But then now I'm like, God damn it. Now it's <laughs> so annoying when, like, a white guy's explaining to you what kimchi is. I'm like... <laughs> Thanks, Steven. You know, yeah, like yeah. probiotics. Yeah, it's like it, what it is is a fermented. Ca I'm like, shut the fuck up, Steven. Okay, <laughs> right. Put it. Okay, just go on. Put it on your goddamn hot dog and leave me alone. Right. Um. Well, I well the reason I was asking you is because I'm also half Korean and half white, mm -hmm. but I didn't grow up in the states, mm. so I always wonder. Um. But like in Korea, there's like a word for people like me, and I feel like in the rest of the world, mm -hmm. there's like there's like a a category for people who are like biracial right? right like the word hapa like that means like it's like you're not asian you're not this you're this it's right. like a separate category yeah and in korea th that exists and so in korea i would be like oh that's like honyora which is like a slightly a slur but i like i embrace it <laughs> <laughs> and like, ah, honyora, oh you're honyora like when they ask like because for koreans they would think that i was like just another like they would think i was like from the philippines or something else right, right. and i'd be right. like oh no i'm honyora and they're like ah okay like that but in america there's like no room for biracial people it's almost like you have to choose one or the other right you know like barack obama yeah, yeah. Like, he's black you know or like even the celebrities that are like half Asian that are famous, like was the guy that you mentioned, Henry Golding? Golding. Yeah, like they're just like in like America, they're just like the Asian actor, right? right. Or um, Olivia Munn, yeah. who's just kind of like no one, like I didn't even know she was Asian. Yeah, yeah. she's she just seen as like hot, kind of a white hot. <laughs> <Yeah, or laughs> I'm like, canceled. Or even uh, exactly, or even a uh, Jessica. Oh my god, my, why am I so bad with names? Jessica, the most the Sports Illustrated Jessica. model, Jessica Gomez. No, no, the oh. Jessica. <laughs> she has the, the diaper company, Honest Company. Jessica Biel. Jess no, 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 Jessica, Jessica Alba. Alba. Jessica Alba. I'm like, is she, what, like, I'm like, is she like I don't Papa? know. I don't think so. I have no idea. Is well, as a full Asian person, I've always just assumed, and you 
I think you touched on this in your experience in Italy where you were seen as other that I've always thought it would must have been difficult growing up as half Asian in America because you're not really accepted yeah by like you're seen as other by it's Americans but then you're also seen as other by your Asian side of your family yeah it's definitely strange I mean I'm it's like always the other there's always the other side of it like I in high school for example I had a lot of Asian friends I had a lot of Chinese friends Mm -hmm. but they would call me guaylo which is like means white ghost (laughs) like that's like but that's just like the chinese word for white person oh it's like demon whitey that's like that's like what it translates to but it's just that's just what you call white person but they would call me that i was like oh i have a nickname at school like i was like cool my friends gave me a nickname and it's like it means white demon and you told your Mm. mom and your mom was like what (laughs) no my mom was like oh okay you know like that makes sense oh yeah yeah, white person you know but like i was with them all the time and they were my friends and they were all chinese but they considered me white yeah yeah and then you know like i i I dated a guy um from my high school and he was like oh i always thought of you as more asian yeah Um, because your mom would cook all that food and i was like okay you know what i mean white white people are like nope that's that's not us (laughs) right (laughs) they're so weird about it well there's like uh well can i ask real quick uh, what what's the like what is it like in italy for that like can you just tell italian people i'm italian but i'm half chinese or is there like a word for like mixed race there or is that a thing yeah no i don't think there's a word for that Mm. um in italian i could be wrong but i don't think there's a word for that although one time i was walking down the street and this homeless man was digging through garbage as we talked about the garbage digging um in <laughs> this episode already. Model. and i was just walking down the street and he just looked up from his garbage pile and he just went ah mezza chinese which means half chinese and i was like <laughs> <laughs> wow was like so spooked that he hit it right the nail Whoa. on the head and i just ran all the way home oh my god <laughs> he was probably what the hell? <laughs> he was oh. probably it seems like those like people in movies that tell your fort like he's like a magical <laughs> character yeah. that you were exactly. supposed to follow him exactly but i just ran all the way home That's i was amazing. like ah. like i didn't know how he was the only person in italy to ever identify the fact that i was half chinese wow. like wow. That, that was the only wow. experience i've had where somebody actually figured it out That's you know it would be so creepy if funny. i if that happened to me and somebody was like half korean because i feel like korean is so <laughs> specific <laughs> like okay if they're like half time I'm like okay that makes sense i'm party but then if someone's like no half korean i'd be like so free i'm like oh, how did you know <laughs> in that exact voice what <laughs> that's like so interesting so when you go out for auditions i'm sure you're asked to you know called in for full asian passing characters like do you ever feel like any sense of conflict like inside of you when you yeah sometimes although i feel like i rarely get called for full asian characters really yeah unless because i have it's because I, i think it's my hair you're just too indie. I think it, it's my hair is wavy and yeah. that reads as not Asian. I see. My hair used to be straight when I was younger, but now mm. it's like kind of has a curl. So I yeah. think that's why that I don't get called in for that. But I do get called in sometimes and it does it does feel like conflicty a little bit. Yeah, because I, I the last six roles I've gone in for, they've gone like they've been obviously for full passing asian male roles but they've gone to half asian male actors and did they look very asiany well no like to me yeah they look very obviously half white right but 
once they get it, they'll like in their press tours, they'll be like, well, it's okay I do this because I've always been confused as like full Asian. Mm. Or if you even look at that actor Charles Melton on Riverdale. Yeah. Like Charles Melton. Can he's look it up. He kind of looks like a young Sylvester Stallone. Right. To me a little bit. Like he has very a white. square jaw. It's very square jaw. Very like chiseled. He grew up in Kansas. And but if you go on his Instagram now that he's received some clout and public recognition, he's posting photos of himself in like hanbok, like traditional <laughs> Korean garb. Like he's leaning uh, into that Asian. Yeah. And it's I don't. Oh. I, I'm still conflicted on how I should feel. Like, personally, to me, mm-hmm. I could be selfish and be frustrated because, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm losing these parts. Like, they're it's Asian erasure. They're they're whiteifying, like, these roles right. for me. But, again, like, being half Asian comes with its own set of struggles. And, like, you don't belong to a specific identity. Yeah. So, yeah. I, like, I feel guilty for imposing that frustration yeah well no i i I know what you mean it's a weird uh it's a weird thing to think about because it's like okay so asian people are getting these roles now in a country america which is a white supremacist country and (laughs) but they are i mean it is come on guys but like it's only the ones that are look half white and almost look white to, in a weird way that th- those are the ones that they're like okay this is okay as an yeah. Asian person but I, I want to say he does look very Asian I just googled him I don't know who it was he looks very Asian and then like with half Asian people there's such a big range because I yeah. feel like I I could play like a full Asian person right and whereas in like it's just how you read people right? see me and I think that they're like they don't know what I am yeah, yeah. I don't think I could pass I, I just went out on Monday for something that was a half Asian ninja yeah, like oh. not full Asian ninja, uh-huh. <laughs> and lots of half Asian. Ninjas, I think I'm not famously. even Asian enough for that. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I see. That makes sense. Yeah, it so depends on like how you read. That's like right. very big in America. I feel like. like yeah. I read as like I could you know as an Asian person, but like right. I feel like I know a lot of people that are half white that read as like Latina or just something else or just hot, basically. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did you so. um? So like you when you said that you, one of the guys you dated that white guy who was like, oh, I've always seen you as like way more Asian. Yeah. Did that uh, like did that sit with you? I thought it was rude. Mm. Well, because he was like, your mom always makes that stinky food. Oh, okay, that's rude. How much did you break up with him after that? We hadn't. We have. He said this to me wow. after we had dated. Like we've been broken up for forever. Oh, so the truth. Was you know out. that guy's out there right now explaining to people like what Szechuan food is because he just <laughs> disco- <laughs> he just discovered it last week. He's like, this is dope do and I'm, and he's just like showing off so hard. That's like the white people thing. They like make fun of you, oh and then ten God. years later yes. they pretend that they invented it. Yes, I I. <laughs> In grade school, I'd get made fun of for, like, my mom would pack kimchi in my lunches. Yeah. And I got so much shit from my classmates in Texas. Like, oh, this smells like shit. What the fuck is this? Now there's a and s- now, chef uh, out there. Yeah. Well, now all white people are like, to America. I love kimchi. So, many, yeah. so much probiotics. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, it's like that or boba or, like, some boba. other some other. Th- phenomenons that have become normalized like there's like a vv bubble tea place yeah on every corner in new york right yeah can i ask you um more along the lines of your ex-boyfriend what kind of racially what kind of person do you date most of 
Oh, what kind of person do I date most of? So many people. No, I don't know. <laughs> I I mean, I feel like it's mostly it's mostly white men, unfortunately. Right. Like right. I don't know if I'm consciously doing that. I don't feel like I am, but I've I mean, I've dated Asian men. I've dated like Latino men. I I don't know. But I think mostly it's like white men. Actually, mm. that guy, the worst part about that guy was that he was Italian. Mm. Like he was of not, Ita- but his mother was Italian. Like his, his grandparents were Italian from Italy and like he was Italian. And so I was, I was just like talking about like how I felt connected to my Italian culture. He's like, no, you're Chinese. Mm. And he was like trying to deny me wow. of like my own heritage because he felt more Italian than me or something right so yeah i feel like I, i'm hearing like a lot of your feeling from your italian side there is a lot of like pressure not pressure but like thinking that you are not really part of their culture is yeah that, is that something fair to say yeah okay. i mean i feel like that's that's part of it yeah whereas and you feel very italian yeah i mean i feel like i don't know if i feel like like I live in Italy, but I feel like I have Italian culture in yeah. in my in my history and in my family history. It was a big sure. part of your life. Yeah, it is a big because part. Because when of I your first life. met you, you were dating an Italian guy. Yeah, and he yeah. was from he was from Milan. Yeah, right, like super Italian. Yeah, which is like totally great because you are Italian. Right, and but I would speak to him. Well, people. I would speak to him in Italian, and then he would speak to me in English. Yeah. So. Oh. But because he wanted to be American, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah the way so weird. It is very weird. The way we met, though, mm-hmm. is a funny story <laughs> because uh, I oh met gosh. Adriel a few years ago because she we met through a mutual friend, and then who was a white guy. Yeah. And you had hooked up with him. Yeah. But then I remembered when I s- met you, I was like, "Oh, Angela's really cute," and then uh, we like. You know, we hung out a few more times, and then I remember once in front of my apartment, which is where we're oh god. recording. <laughs> oh god! I, uh, I asked you out. Yeah. And you rejected me. Oh so god. this is the thing that Brian, you said that you, you were going to warn us. Brian said he was going to bring up something that oh, was going to make me already. uncomfortable. Hey, this is oh. like, this is all going to get edited out. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Brian, coming in hot. I was not ready for that. I was not I ready for this ambush. I'm all ears. <laughs> I just felt like I couldn't date like one of my friends friends that introduced me because I've already dated them. You know what I mean? That's like Yeah, that's totally That's like, like shitting where you eat. <gasps> is it? Well, no, I Isn't mean it? you're Well, this is Your like friend. what do you well, think yeah. of me? No, I get that. If you dated someone and this is after you broke up with that person. Yeah, it was like a while, Brian. like a while ago. A long time I would ago. feel weird about in my, it. But in my defense, I would I, feel weird. In my about defense, it. I yeah. I asked my our mutual friend. I was like, "Hey, I think Angela is really cool. Uh, I I kind of want to ask her out. Would that like upset you in any way?" And he's like, "Oh, it was like that happened such a long time ago. Oh, okay, go for it." Yeah, so that's what. But that's then what he was like. asking me about you, Ugh. and it was weird. What? Yeah, and he was asking. I don't know this. Yeah, and like. I don't know. I don't. I felt like I couldn't, you know, I felt pressure. Just say it. Just I say felt it. like just I was trying it. to defuse a bomb and I was like, I can't do this, you know, like, and I just like walked <laughs> I away. Would, I didn't know would, what the right cord was to pull. That would make me feel weird. Too. Yeah. I mean, right. what was the nature of your relationship with this other person? 
was it a serious is this too much no i mean there's nothing too much no i mean like we both liked each other um but i don't i didn't first see a future there yeah right because you know in your stories you talk about like magical fantastical elements and yeah i've always like seen you as someone it's like the word is like ephemeral uh-huh like the way you text and our the interactions way I text. <laughs> no no like we're friends but we're not like in constant contact it'll be like every once in a while it's like right. oh, what are you doing like let's hang and so that's what compelled me to just kind of make the move and just ask you out because in our texts and our engagements i'm like you're just so hard to read but that's just like the energy you have because you're sort of like i don't know you're just ephemeral yeah I don't know. So that's why I don't I'm know. Like I can't see myself. I feel like I feel like I just am very transparent. Oh, well, this is me being a man. Not awkward. I'm literally just I'm still here, everyone. I'm still sitting here. guys. Um, wait, so what what's the what's the question, Brian? It Are wasn't a question. G- oh, okay. It was just I You're was just, just mentioning it. I'm just trying to justify why I did what I did, because oh normally it's like you feel a vibe with someone mm-hmm. and then with angela i'm like i didn't know what the vibe was so i was like all right, right whatever i'm just gonna fucking shoot my shot and see what happens yeah no I, it was it was impressive though i yeah. mean i appreciated it i just like Do, it, does it make our friendship weirder no i don't think so because i think there's like a good energy between us it's just that i don't you know i i didn't feel comfortable like overstepping my friend my other friend you know like that i am on good terms with and like i just thought it would be like a weird situation afterwards like like i said i didn't know which i have to say i'm the same way when i like date somebody and i like meet their friends i like categorize them as like like just something makes me really uncomfortable about that like yeah even you know like obviously i've dated people in comedy but Mm -hmm. like every time i do i'm like oh like i just feel so like like it has to be like clean cut and compartmentalized. It feels like it becomes incestual. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I have a problem to, with that too. Uh, but I used But some to. people don't. Pe- some people just date everybody in one friend group. And I know that happens and stuff, but Yeah, like, like in friends. I don't know. It makes me so <laughs> <laughs> like in friends. Literally in friends. <laughs> oh my god. Did that but I used friends? to be that way mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. like I'm like, "Oh, like my friend has had a history with this person, so Yeah. I'm not going to like I'm not going to do this. But I felt that was just imposing these like weird boundaries on myself because if you have like an attraction of a feeling for someone, then fuck it. Like who cares? Cause yeah. at the end of the day, like as I've gotten older, I'm just realizing like, Oh, everyone's just fucked everyone. So I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> that is also true. That is also <laughs> very true. Yeah. Everyone's just fucked everyone. So I that, should not be surprised. I don't know. I'm for some reason I'm so, cause I, usually I'm very, o- like I'm like the more open one. Right. But this sort of thing makes me so like, huh, like, you know, I just realized that everyone's fucked everyone. Like my friend was telling me about comedians that fucked each other. And I'm like, Oh, that makes me so uncomfortable. Right. I, just, I don't know. Right. Like I can't do it. Right. And like for you, Angela, that's something that you're like, eh, I don't want to get, make this incestuous or dirty. Yeah. Like I, I just value you as a person so much that I don't want to like fuck it up. Wow. Guys, are you guys hear that? I just got friend zoned so fucking hard. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's the truth. Like I want us to be able to meet and like not have it 
be weird and i right. like don't want to i don't want to fuck up my the thing with my other friend either you know what i mean because yeah. like it takes so much like as a i feel like as a woman like it's hard to have like friends that are men that you've like dated you know what i mean yeah, or yeah or just in general for a man also it's like hard to keep up relationships with people that you've dated are you so usually friends like with your exes um y- no no. no i'm only i'm only i only really talked to that one actually the guy that was telling me that my mom's food is stinky wow he's like the only one that i talked to but mm, he more like just bad angela he just he just no he was very he i think like he's like very sensitive and sometimes he'll like you know explode right at th- about things if he feels like he's not getting enough attention or something mm. so uh-huh. i it's okay people make mistakes i think that was just like a mistake that he said that and he didn't mean it yeah right no i get that sometimes people say stuff similar also it was a long time ago yeah right. it was yeah. a long time ago similar to how it was a mistake that i asked you out <laughs> no <laughs> it was a mistake you have oh. to shoot your shot you have to shoot your shot yeah. in this life because it's all you, that's all that you have that's, that's all true. that you can stand upon right um but yep yeah that's very true <laughs> Okay, well, you know oh. what? I uh, I didn't ask you. I think you're a great person, and you're fucking awesome, and you're amazing, and oh, you inspire me with you. all the projects that all you right. do. And I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable. I just no, felt, no. I was just okay. thought it would be like. I don't think anyone's uncomfortable except me. I'm terribly <laughs> uncomfortable. My shoulders have not gone down. Yeah, they they're Ooh, like up to your ears. This is a lot. Yeah, I mean, is there? I feel like I shouldn't be here. Should I just leave? No. <laughs> Let's work things out. <laughs> okay, so guys, listeners, we have a segment where we feel we are we're, young. Me and I, we're young. Me and I, we're um, we give advice or we field questions. Yes, and questions. Yeah, so listeners, if you have a question or if you have a, I don't know, if you need advice on something or if you just want to hear us discuss a topic that is of particular interest to you. Send us an email at uh, feelingasianpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll answer them. We'll answer them. But today is a momentous occasion for a couple reasons. One, because Angela is our inaugural guest. But we also have our first question. What? Yeah. So, guys, our first question comes from Sophie. And she asked, would you ever date a non-Asian guy... That has a propensity for Asian women. Oh. Oh. I well, feel like that's a red flag. But how are you supposed to know? Like, how do you know? Yeah. Well, they would tell you. I mean, at some point, maybe after I a few guess. dates, you, well, if you've established that connection, you'll start going into dating history. It just, it feels weird, right? Because then it's not about you. It's about this idea. And yeah. I've had a, I've had somebody I was dating for like three years tell me like, oh, I thought you were exotic and I, like mm. that oh, word ew. just made my like all the hairs on my back stand up and I was like I need to get out of this you know like yeah. that kind of that, that just word turns me off yeah yeah I have a very low like what's the word tolerance for that mm-hmm. like you know like one of my boyfriends that I've had had dated a few Asian people and I was like I thought it was a really big red flag in the beginning but then he was like well I've dated a lot of people and it's true he's dated like a lot of different so for you it's people. a relative so it just so happened 
Yeah, but there there was a lot. I mean, it was kind of a lot, and it did bother me. And then I was just like, no, this is okay. But then, like, I remember he, like, in the very beginning, like, when we were just sort of having fun, like, dating, he we were like showing each other like our tinder matches like on one of the first dates and it was just like all like all asian people and i was like oh it just never it never fully sat i've never looked through somebody else's matches well it was like a joke i would never do that no i know but i feel like like, that would be so difficult wouldn't it yeah (laughs) it was like i was like what is this this is fucking weird yeah i sometimes get matches from uh, not matches, but I can see who is like swiped right on me. Yeah, and it'll be like white girls who are real, like really into K-pop, like in a weeb weeaboo way, <laughs> like in a weeb way. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. And then like, or they've taught, like, studied abroad or like taught English in an Asian country at some point. Yeah, yeah. but see, but see, like that's what I was talking about. Is I had that card pulled on me with like Italian guys with the one guy, and he was like, "Oh, you just you just attracted to Italian culture, and you're not really Italian." What? Blah, blah, blah. Wait, right. but so, you are Italian. Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, who's to judge? You know what yeah. I mean? Because somebody could look at me and say the same thing. Like, oh, like most of the guys that you've dated are white, and so therefore, like, you have a thing for white guys, and because you're not white or what, uh, whatever it is. Right. So I don't. No, I guess it is like mm. it's a very gray area. It's a gray area. Oh, it's appreciation, yeah, yeah, and then fetishization. Also, I, yeah. I think you bring up a really good point for people that are half. It's different than if we were like fully, because also I feel like we look different than like what a guy that only likes Asian girls would look for, right? Yeah, because that they're looking for like the small, like classic, like. I don't know, like Asian looking, you right? Like who is like somebody like what an you're actor saying right now is like more problematic. Than <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean, right? Like, yeah, like for the very like the quiet, yeah, yeah. cute, um, like the doesn't Marie speak Kondo, unless spoken the Mar- to. The Marie Kondo. Right. Oh my god! And then this boyfriend that I have also one night when we were like Marie Kondo the ad came out he was like she's so fucking hot and I was like okay you know what let's just just turn this off now this is getting too much like if like that sort of look right Right. that Asian woman that makes me wonder this is a well this is something that I learned recently from uh, one of my Asian girlfriends is that Asian women have two stereotypes that they are usually attributed uh, from the white gaze and Asian men have, like, one stereotype. And so she explained to me that white men tend to fetishize Asian women because the one, one the first stereotype is that they're subservient. Like, they'll cook for you. They're very domestic. Hush-hush. Right. They'll obey you. But then the second one is, like, they're very exotic in bed. Like, the dragon woman. Like, kind of witch-like. Like, yeah. they have, like, a sexual... They're very kinky, like, mm. freaks in the bed. And so that's I considered ideal to white men because their masculinity won't ever be threatened. Like they get the benefits of having like a kinky person in bed or like a I freaky see. person in yeah. bed. But at the same time they will obey you because they're supposed to be subservient. Right. Right. It's just like, but that, that whole description is such a fetishization and so objectifying. Right. It's just like a object for white men created for them cooking cleaning and fun in bed that's just such a fake fucked up little like character that they they invented in their head i think yeah. that's what the exotic thing set off yeah right in it's so me, was it's that idea so messed up. Like you're so exotic yeah that was like no i'm not because exotic is like a it's like it's there's sexual undertones in that right adjective. Yeah, yeah exactly Ugh. whereas now yeah now i'm just thinking about like all the like cartoon like you know like an like drawn 
porn like yeah. drawings like of Marie Kondo that exists. Uh-huh. You know, like how people do <laughs> oh that with God. like Sesame Street characters or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like right. I'm just imagining the like the 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 subsection of like Marie Kondo like fantasy. I'm like those deviant art. I'm gonna tell my ex boyfriend about that. He's gonna be so into it. Oh, <laughs> right, you know what? Here you go. Just have fun with this. <laughs> Stop ruining Asian women's lives. <laughs> She'll like fold you up. You know, oh. like, that's like that's the king that Marie Kondo. She will they make don't need your a dick real, disappear. They don't need a real human being. They need. Oh my god, that was so good, Ryan. <laughs> She'll make your dick disappear, Ryan. Yeah, high back five. on top. Five. Back high on top, five. Ryan. Five. Yeah. Um, they don't need a real human being. They just need that, like right. a fucking <laughs> robot sex doll, right. anime doll. And there like, you go. And it'll clean. It's like a, the bottom's like a Roomba. Right. The top you can fuck. That's Whereas the stereotype for Asian men is singular in that we're just like emasculated and not <laughs> worthy of fucking. And I got to go on air and say that we're the, the, there should be a new stereotype for Asian men is that we're kinky and we fuck good. They're going to steal your girl. <laughs> They're going to steal your girl. That is a good stereotype. I'm just kidding. There's no such thing. Yeah. There's no good stereotypes. Well, maybe the whole bad. maybe the whole K-pop thing is changing that too, right? Because all these girls are obsessed with BTS yeah, it's now. Yeah, true. So hopefully yeah. that's like, and that's se- actually they really have surprising in their to own me. Way. Yeah. Well, I was met with I was so surprised because one of my friend's tutors, high school kids in New York, and he was telling me how one of the one of his students is this like, stereo like a typically like popular blonde high school girl mm-hmm. in new york and she was just raving about how hot everyone in bts is yeah and then i was like so surprised i was like what like that's crazy but then i was yeah. disappointed in myself because i'm like fuck this is how brainwashed i am by white yeah. people to think <laughs> that like that's not possible that look though is a really popular look for like teenage and tween girls like yeah. that sort like remember when we were like teenagers and like 12 and 13 we liked the sort of like feminine like idols yeah. of our time yeah it's like true leonardo dicaprio before he became whatever he is now like you know yeah. like he looked <laughs> like a, what he, he looks like he looked like a little girl basically yeah like, he looked very like he was BTS-y. Pouty, he had long hair yeah and yeah. like skinny and like like very safe not that's scary. what timothy chalamet yeah. is now exactly yes exactly right. gangly that's like a very big wispy young girls right yeah oh. and asians are like they got that on lock you know <laughs> They got that on Asian men. The it's true. The like skinny, you know, the yeah, cute, always like, good hair. Yeah, pretty boy. They got that on lock. So yeah. Well, before we wrap up, I well, I just want to mention a funny <laughs> thing is that uh, earlier this week I went on a date, my first date with an Asian person not from America, like who wasn't raised in America. So she was Chinese, born in China. Wow. And I was asking, I was like, oh, so what kind of like. We got into the subject of like what what's our types like what kind of people we're drawn to and she's like my ideal is just like really manly men like <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson <laughs> 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 I just sitting across from her I'm like uh, sorry like <laughs> <laughs> whose ideal is Dwayne the Rock Johnson he's That's, so asexual but I understand Dwayne that Dwayne the Rock Johnson's asexual yeah he's so like I'm your dad I'm here to <laughs> pick you up from from soccer practice <laughs> i got orange slices like that's what that's how he reads to me i don't know but i understand that because like my mom my mom is from china and she's like any white 
any like white man that appears as a man she's like ooh, he's handsome and he could be like he could oh my god <laughs> he could he, his face could look like a pizza slice she'll be like ooh, he's handsome <laughs> like yeah. he's just a white man <laughs> does, she, does she like like buff bodies or just white and just like it's not, not like a buff body just like a a dad like a dad like a man you know like in a polo like any man that could wear a polo well that's her type oh it's like paul giamatti yeah just like yeah (laughs) like that no i'm dead serious it's just like a like a sturdy white man with a job he doesn't like you know like like that's like that's like the thing and it's like a version of that i think also my mom's type honestly yeah any white guy that looks like so maybe it's the inverse yeah because like white american women here when they see bts that's like a disruption they're disrupting what definitions of masculinity can be mm. but maybe in china like that's the norm is huh. where it's kind of like it's like it's they're like in the touch with their they're more like sub- softer featured and yeah. so when they see like dwayne right. the rock johnson with his veins bulging out of his biceps you know, <laughs> yeah like, in a weird way i think my mom likes guys like white guys like that because to her they're exotic <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> she's like i haven't seen this before what's this Looks like he got like nine keys on his belt buckle. <laughs> but it's not it's not problematic because your mom is Asian and that's right, okay. It's, that it's she probably says problematic, but she she said it, not me. So right, right, right. Send your emails to my mom. I will give you her email. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Angela, thank you so much for joining us on the Feeling Asian yeah, podcast. Thanks for being here. Do you have any projects or anything you want to plug? Let our listeners know about. Yeah. So. Um, a screenplay that I wrote called Postmarked is has been made into a movie. Whoa! Whoa. I yeah, I worked with um, AT and T's Hello Lab mentorship program. Um, what? My executive producer is Lena Waith, and Whoa. she oh, wow. helped me throughout the entire process. My director Malachi and I worked together, and we made this film Postmarked, and it comes out. Uh, November 7th is the premiere and I think it'll be on DirecTV and AT&T, AT&T's platforms. Wow. Um, Postmark. Yeah, maybe YouTube. I think if you're in LA, you can catch it in a theater, but I don't think it'll be theatrically released. Um, That's amazing. In New York. Yeah, and watch uh, watch Swipe Night. Tune in and interact and, and help us make it to the end and of the sure world. make sure Angela survives. Yeah, and make sure, make sure I survive. Um, no, but it'll be really fun. Um, I'll be there waiting for you in the show in Swipe Night and, and on Tinder. So download Tinder if you don't have it. Yeah. Don't tell your don't tell your significant other and, uh-huh. <laughs> and download join right us now. for this wild ride. She's <laughs> like, babe, it's not what you you don't get it. I'm trying to support Angela and Tinder. <laughs> swipe right, swipe night. I'm just imagining my parents on the Tinder app, like playing, like you playing know they're gonna download it just to see. Oh yeah, no. I wonder. <laughs> I, I wonder. I wonder if they'll fiddle with the 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 app at all, and like my mom's page will just be all white men that That's look like Paul Giamatti. Oh like <laughs> she's gonna be like, ooh, 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 like every single one She'll of them. Like, this like, is yes, so interesting. Yes, yes. And where can um, our listeners find you on social media? Um, you can find me on Instagram. Is where I post all my stuff. It's Angela handle? Carbone. La Bella Carbone. Oh. It's a it, it's a it's a joke and it's like beautiful beautiful piece of coal. La oh. Bella Carbone. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Angela Car. I, I'm sorry. I pronounced your last name incorrectly. I said Carbone. Is it Carbone? Well, because the restaurant's called Carbone. Yeah. Well, you know or that's the that's the New York pronunciation. Carbone. You know. Yeah. It's what very, do you prefer uh, though? Carbone. Car- Carbone or Carbone is fine by me. Guys, Angela Carbone, watch her new feature. 
postmarked. <laughs> See her on Tinder, swipe, swipe night. Swipe night. And then find her on Instagram and Twitter, La Bella Carbone. And yeah, I'm Brian Park. You can find me on Instagram at it's Brian Park. I'm Young Me Mayor. My Instagram is YM Mayor. Also Twitter handle YM Mayor. Awesome. And, and that's it. yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.